If you or someone you know is looking for reliable legal assistance in the Caribbean, look no further than Caribbean Legal Solutions, your ultimate connection to trustworthy attorneys across the Caribbean. So whether you're a Caribbean residing in the U.S., Canada, the U.K., or anywhere else in the world, they connect you with reliable attorneys based in your home country. Their extensive vetting process and network ensure a peace of mind and accountability. Need help with land ownership, estate matters, or maybe even a local referral here in the U.S.? Their team bridges the gap, reducing your workload and providing you with vetted attorneys for virtually any legal matter. Caribbean Legal Solutions is your reliable partner for legal needs, both local and abroad. Visit CaribbeanLegalSolutions.com or call them today. This podcast ad contains general information about Caribbean Legal Solutions and it's not intended as legal advice. Always consult with a qualified attorney for legal advice specific to your situation. You're listening to Carry On Friends, the Caribbean American podcast, episode 75. Welcome to the Carry On Friends podcast, where you'll be inspired and empowered to do amazing things in your personal lives, career, business, and community with your host, Carrie Ann Reed Brown. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Carry On Friends, the Caribbean American podcast. I'm your host, Carrie Ann. Today's topic will be a topic around defining what harassment, hostile work environment, and retaliation means. And my guest for today is Latoya Barrett. I cannot wait for you to hear the episode. Caveat. I do not know what was happening with the audio. Towards the end, there was an echo. And throughout the rest of the interview, I just kept hearing the sound because sound quality is important. And I was just so upset because typical of my personality, I wanted it to be right. I wanted it to be perfect. But you know what? Life isn't perfect. Nothing's perfect. So sometimes as a podcaster, we go through this challenge. So I apologize for the echo at the, towards the very end and just some just a slight quality issue. But I promise you that the information contained in this episode is important. So I won't keep you waiting any longer. Here is my interview with Latoya Barrett. Hello, Toya. Welcome to the Carry On Friends podcast. I am very glad you're on the show. We are talking about a really important topic that's been dominating the news lately. But before we get into that, Toya, why don't you tell the community of friends a little bit about who you are? Great. Thank you. Um, Hi. I just wanted to tell you that I am very excited to be on the show uh, for the community. My name is Latoya Barrett. I am an attorney practicing mainly in employment law and civil rights litigation. I have an office in Newark and I represent clients throughout New Jersey and in New York. Awesome. Awesome. So um, Toya, Latoya, I just have to ask you, right? So there's this joke that goes around where Caribbean parents that they want their their kids to be lawyers, doctors, engineers, teacher. So you have actually, you are actually one of their top career choices. So before we get into the serious topic, I'm just curious, were your parents excited? Did they, were they satisfied that, okay, my daughter's a lawyer, let her do whatever she wants to do? Or do you still have your challenges with them in your career or it's, it's, it, it's, it doesn't matter? I think it's all of the above. So <laughs> my mother is from Barbados. So I represent the big and massive. My my father is from Jamaica. So I also have the Jamaican massive that I represent. Whoa, Lord. (laughs) Yes. I'm I'm the best of both worlds, I like to call it. But yes, they are very proud. Uh, But the interesting thing is that they did not really push me into any profession. Mm -hmm. It was just something that I was interested in. I have to credit one of my cousins. Um, She was very passionate about issues affecting our communities. And she decided she wanted to be a lawyer. And just spending time with her, I guess the passion kind of leaned on me. Mm -hmm. I think she was more influential than... um, even my parents, and I was following mainly in her footsteps until I found what it is that I wanted to do and, and the things that interest me growing up. So 
Uh, I was happy that I was able to find that. I was happy that she was the person to push me in that direction. And of course, the uh, parents are proud. I don't think anyone is more proud than my grandmother, though, because, (laughs) you know, everywhere we go, she talks about me. She tells her friends about me. Uh, she has my pictures up. I, I'm I'm up in her house right next to Obama. So I think that that is a major accomplishment right there. So I like to shout out my grandma real quick. Love you. Yes, grandmas <laughs> are the best. Grandmas are the best. Um, yes, right up there with Obama. That yes, yes, yes it's yeah, well important. Um, <laughs> Yes, you go to church. You know my daughter is a lawyer. Even if it has nothing to do with the area of law, she's going to tell people that you're a lawyer. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) All right. Awesome. So, all right. So let's get into the topic today. And, um, you know, as most people are aware, almost every day there is at least one report that comes out about either sexual harassment um, retaliation, just a, a variety of um, topics and issues. And I remember um, I was watching Bill Moore and he was talking to this woman and Bill said, you know, it's, um, I think it was with the Harvey Weinstein situation. And mm-hmm. he said, you know, what concerns me is that the people who are affected by Harvey Weinstein are people of means. They're, you know, um, they're people who have some kind of power. And what concerns me is that who speaks out for those who are working in the factory or working, they're, they're not high profile celebrities or so-and-so like, how do they deal with these situations? And I thought that was a really good, not a good point, but for him to recognize that, you know, they're, the vast majority of the people aren't celebrities and people who have less means or less power in terms of visibility may be going through similar or worse. So based on that, let's talk about harassment, hostile work environment, retaliation. What does all of this mean? Well, before I answer that question, I think I can answer Bill Maher's question. Uh, You would come to me. (laughs) You would come come to an employment. If your employer doesn't have mechanisms in place to deal with uh, your harassment or if you feel you've been retaliated against, then you would hire an attorney who is able to address those issues. And that's what we do at my firm, we we deal with the factory workers, with the what you would consider lower level employees who have been victims of sexual harassment, retaliation, or discrimination of uh, some kind. So that's who you would turn to. And just to define some of these terms, you know, uh, I, I guess it's a little hard to define harassment, retaliation without saying, especially in an employment arena, without explaining first that you could be fired from your job for whatever reason. Um, It can be an unfair reason. It can be an unjust reason, as long as it's not unlawful. Mm -hmm. So I think before we can qualify those terms, we have to kind of understand that because we have people that will come to us or or come to me and, and say, you know, this is happening to me and I'm being harassed. And, and, you, and, you know, sexual harassment is a little different, but this word harassment, we use it Loosely. almost in our regular lives, but we don't have the legal meaning of harassment. Mm-hmm. So you'll have people come up and they'll say, I'm being harassed at my job. And when you try to understand what it is that they're complaining about, a lot of the times it's not harassment because it doesn't it doesn't fall into the, legal category. So what do I mean by that? Um, If you have an employer that is, and I'm just using general harassment here. If you have an employer that is yelling at you on a daily basis, I'm sorry. That has happened to me before. Yes. If you have, if you go to work and every day your supervisor is yelling at you, you are going to feel like you are in a hostile work environment that you're being harassed by the supervisor. But is it really harassment? So we have to ask some other questions. Okay. Um, 
it's, it's not appropriate at all for your supervisor to treat you that way. That is true. Uh, but is your supervisor yelling at everyone in the same way that they're yelling at you? We'd, we'd want to find that out. Uh, is your workplace diverse? Meaning, are you the only woman at the office? Are you the only person of color at the office? W what is your employment situation? Because if everyone there is a Hispanic female and your supervisor is a Hispanic female, then it just, you know, it, it's starting to look a lot more like your boss is a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> as opposed to your boss is treating you this way because you are a Hispanic female. Um, and, and not necessarily so. So some of these things that I'm explaining is not a, a full prototype because things can change. Maybe because your supervisor is a Hispanic female, she treats you a certain way because she expects certain things from you as, an, as a Hispanic female. So that could be happening too. But what I'm trying to convey is that it, there has to be certain circumstances happening at work for it to rise to the level of unlawful harassment. If your supervisor is treating you in a negative manner because you are black, because you are a woman, because you're gay, because you are just something of what we call a person in a protected class, because you are older, because you are younger, then it would rise to the level of harassment. If you have a white coworker and that person is not being yelled at, but you're constantly being yelled at, then then that might go into the realm of unlawfulness. Of course, there'll be other issues, but that's what we would consider unlawful harassment. I am being treated this way because I am a woman. I am being treated this way because I am black. I am being treated this way because I am 16. Uh, those are the things that would qualify as unlawful harassment. Okay, so um, just to go back to what you said, because um, where you set that up in the beginning, that um, you said something like comp em companies, employers can um, fire you for a variety of reasons. Um, and I know the term is at will. So, you know, I know New York is at, is an at-will state that you can just, you know, be terminated from your job for no particular reason unless it's not, un, unless it's a legal reason. Are there, right. how many states are, are fall into this at-will category? Uh, I don't know exactly how many states fall into at-will employment, but there are a number of them that there. The majority of, of them are at-will states. The majority of the states are at-will states. I know New York, New Jersey, uh, Pennsylvania, the tri-state area, they're at-will uh, jurisdictions. Yeah, yeah. So to recap, harassment is, it's not enough to say that your boss is yelling. In my case, my boss is pretty much yell and, you know, yelled out explicatives at everyone. Um, so I know it wasn't a harassment. He was just, like you said, a jerk. Um uh, so it, you have to be in a protected category. So whether you are um, of a certain color, gender, sexual orientation, age, um, whether you have any physical limitations, right. those are the, the, the protected categories and right. for general harassment. All right. So I mean, there are more there are more protected categories, but, you know, you understand what I'm trying to say. It has to be a specific reason. They don't like me because I'm Jewish, because I'm Muslim, because I'm Christian. You know, those those things would be yeah. uh, unlawful. As well. Okay, good, good. All right, so harassment. And then within harassment, I mean, we've been hearing all of these um, uh, uh, news reports every, yeah. almost every day, at least two breaking reports of somebody who's sexually harassing somebody. Yeah. Right. So what's what what's the definition of that? Well, sexual harassment falls into uh, two types of, of harassment. Uh, so you can be... The basic definition of sexual harassment is the unwanted touching or... I guess what I would say is the unwanted um, advancement of a person who is uh, superior to you, who has control over you in the in the workplace. So it could be always asking you out for a date. 
-hmm. It could be, um, you know, if you come over to my house, we can talk about that raise or, you know, those types of things mm -hmm. could be considered sexual harassment. Um, and, and the reason I don't want to give a legal definition of harassment is because you can look at your handbooks and you would see, you know, um, unwanted, unwelcome sexual advances. But what does that really mean? So I'm trying to give more examples as opposed to a definition. If you, if you see me struggling a little bit, that's what I'm trying to do. So it'll make it a little easier to understand because a lot of people are dealing with workplace situations that don't always fit the definition. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, um, you know, you could come into work and they, as a woman, and there may be condoms on your desk. Mm. Well, that's, that's sexual harassment. Right, right. Um, you know, and it doesn't have to be from a supervisor. Your coworker can be placing those condoms on your desk. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you could be in, in an elevator with someone and they'll make jokes. They don't touch you, but they make certain sexual jokes in the workplace. And you feel uncomfortable by those jokes. That would be considered uh, types of sexual harassment. Uh, so, so those types of things are harassment. The assault comes. Sexual assault is when you're you're being touched, um, and you know that can have some criminal aspects. That is is well above my <laughs> yeah, outside of outside of my area of expertise. I know something about it, but I, I wouldn't feel comfortable trying to get it. into the criminal definitions of anything. So basically sexual harassment in the workplace is anything of a sexual nature that makes you feel uncomfortable and they're unwelcome, meaning that you didn't start a conversation about sex, but you're being subjected to a conversation about sex or you're being subjected to sexual images or sexual discussions or whatever it is um, in the workplace. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so that's what I would define sexual harassment um, on a general level. Let's take a quick break. Want to include your property in Jamaica in your U.S. will? Need to close the bank account you opened back home all those years ago? Skip the guesswork and let the Caribbean Legal Solutions team of experienced professionals take care of your legal needs. With Caribbean Legal Solutions, you get the peace of mind that only vetted and accountable legal experts can offer. Learning that you have a legal issue abroad can be stressful. Finding an attorney to help shouldn't be. Visit CaribbeanLegalSolutions.com or call them today to find the dependable legal support you need. This podcast ad contains general information about Caribbean Legal Solutions and is not intended as legal advice. Always consult with a qualified attorney for legal advice specific to your situation. Got it. So just a quick recap of what you said, sexual harassment doesn't necessarily only mean physical touch. It could mean, you know, a certain type of speech or, you know, actions, like you said, the condom on the desk or whatever else, or other things of a sexual nature that are unwanted or unwelcomed by yes. the yes. person. Obscene remarks, yeah. you know, uh, if I walk into the office and one of my coworkers has pornography up, you know, someone, some, a lot of people sit in these uh, desks where they're cubicle situations. So let's say my tub mate is playing porn all day. Mm -hmm. You know, that could be a form of sexual harassment because I don't want to watch that. Mm -hmm. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to see you watching it. Mm -hmm. um, and I shouldn't have to deal with that in the workplace. And, and again, uh, these things are qualifying. Um, we've represented people before who have been in sexual environments. For example, uh, there was um, a woman who worked in a, or she worked for a company and in a workplace that sold sexual toys. So, you know, you're selling that type of, of um, item <laughs> and you're going to have conversations with customers about what the items do and, and how it can help. And, of course, there's going to be sexual conversation. But does that mean that your coworker gets to say, hey, why don't you come over here and give me a blowjob? No, mm -hmm. it does not mean that I'm selling I'm doing my job and I'm selling a product. 
and I can talk to my customers and I can have that interaction with them, but that doesn't mean that you get to cross the line and, and say those types of things to me. Right, right. So if it's not specific to, you know, the customer or the need, like as, as if it's not a conversation that applies to the customer or the product or the company itself and it's being directed to you, that's where you draw the lines. That's a very interesting point when you work in, you know, um, jobs that require conversations about sex, et cetera, you know, right. how is it defined? So thanks for sharing that. Uh, so, all right. So we've, so har- harassment, and I mean, we could spend a whole bunch of time on just harassment alone, but I quickly want to, to let's move to the hostile work environment. Cause that's, I think we use, we use these terms. I don't want to say loosely, but they become, they're, they're so much part of our everyday vocabulary that the real meaning can is oftentimes skewed because we use it so much. So, you know, what is considered a hostile work environment? Well, I am going to give a legal definition for this one for the most part, because this one is the, is the one that we, we misuse all the time. So, um, I want to say to to have a hostile work environment, you have to show that your workplace is filled with some kind of um, discriminatory intimidation, uh, discriminatory insults, comments, uh, you know, things that would make your employment unbearable in in the situation with sexual harassment, like I said, coming into work every day and there are condoms on your desk, Um, coming into work and there's a noose on your desk, Uh, coming into work and every day somebody's calling you the N-word or they're calling you the C-word or, you know, that, that would be considered a hostile work environment. You know, uh, if if they use negative uh, words, for sexual orientation or calling you, I don't know how explicit we want to get on. Yeah. It, <laughs> this, I think we get the general idea of yes, like the yes. names, the derogatory <laughs> names that are assigned to, I guess the people of the same protected group. Right. Um, and so that's, that's really what it all comes back to. It all come back to the, the protected class you know, you cannot have a hostile work environment unless there is some type of, you're in a protected class and that that class is being challenged in some way. So again, back to the employer that, or the supervisor that is yelling at you every day, it is not considered hostile unless you're being yelled at because, you know, you are a Muslim you follow the Muslim faith because you are a woman. That's what makes the environment hostile. Every day that you come into work, they're calling you a derogatory name. They're, um, or, or in the cases of sexual harassment, you're being um, propounded with uh, sexual advances, uh, things like that. That is what would make the, the environment hostile. That's what a hostile work environment is. Now I, I want to ask a quick question. Um, so we, we, we talked about protected class and harassment and now in the hostile work environment. So, and, and I think you defined it where you said, well, maybe your Latino coworker is yelling at you, but what if someone else within that protected class is doing something that I consider either sexual harassment, harassment, or, or creating a hostile work environment? Would that still typically qualify? So, you know... I'm a black woman and another black woman is calling me, you know, the C word. How does that work? Okay. Um, so we, I can answer that in a few ways. And I thought we, 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 we did touch on that with um, having a Hispanic. Yes. Uh, I just want to repeat it again. Yes, I understand because sometimes it becomes a little unclear. So I, I totally understand what you're trying to get across. You're a black woman. You have a black supervisor who is calling you um, a derogatory name. So then we would have to ask the questions that we asked before. Is she calling you those names because you are a black woman? And if the answer to that is yes, then we do move into the realm of it being unlawful, even though she is also within the protected class. Because 
just because um, you are black doesn't mean that you don't harbor biases against uh, black people. Mm -hmm. Just because you are a woman, it doesn't mean that you don't harbor um, biases against women. Uh, sometimes it will be a woman supervisor who will fire you because you're pregnant. Mm -hmm. Because, oh, you know, oh, she's having a baby. I, I can't deal with that. I need someone who's going to be here. She just got married. She's probably going to have more babies. She's going to miss time from work. I, I need to get rid of her. It, it could be a woman who says that. It does not necessarily have to be a man. We have to focus more on why is it that you're being singled out for a certain treatment? And if you're being singled out for that treatment because you are black or because, you know, again, with any of those protected classes, because you were 60, then you can be fired. Mm -hmm. uh, we had, <laughs> I can give you another example, but trust me, I have examples that could go on forever. Sure. But <laughs> we had a, a, a woman who was working in um, uh, a school environment and, and she was an older woman. And she was fired by uh, male supervisors that were older than her. And one of the arguments that the other side made, of course, is, well, how could we be discriminating against her based on her age? Age has nothing to do with it. But yes, it does, because those, those older male supervisors, they wanted younger teachers around. Mm -hmm. They didn't want to deal with this older woman. They wanted young teachers fresh out of um, college to be in there teaching the students and they didn't want this woman who was almost as old as they were. And that was discrimination. Yeah, that I, I, I get that. So um, it doesn't matter if someone is in that protected c category that is actually causing the offense. It's the reason why they're right. doing this. All right. Um, it makes it harder. To be honest, it makes it harder to uh, resolve those cases because that is the argument that the other side is going to make. The employer will make that argument and say, look, this is not race discrimination. The person that she's accusing of race discrimination is the same race as she is. That absolutely will be uh, an argument raised by the employer, but it, it, you know, it would factor into some other factors, but you know, we could say, hey, well, is this supervisor also treating the uh, white subordinates the same way that she's treating the black employee? And if the answer to that is no, it's still discrimination. So right. we have to be mindful of our own biases and that right. don't affect our ability to make fear decisions. Um, there's this great test that you can take online uh, I can get it for you. Maybe I can look it up for you while we're having this discussion. Um, but it's a, the implicit bias test. And what that does, it just challenges you to figure out whether or not you harbor any implicit bias towards certain groups. And there's a test for religion. There's a test for race. There's a test for um, the different sexes. And I think when you take that test you learn a lot about yourselves because, uh, you know, things that you, you don't realize will show up in this test. It's really quick, and, and they have different ones uh, that you can take. So I don't know if we can and send that out maybe yeah, as part can. of the podcast or something so that after listening to the show, uh, people can get more information about the implicit bias test. Yes. And you don't have to look for it now. You could just send me the link and I'll include it in along with the podcast and the show notes. Okay. All right. So the, 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 the last topic is um, that we're going to cover is retaliation. What exactly is retaliation? Okay. Retaliation is when you have engaged in some kind of protected activity and your employer is retaliating against you for engaging in that particular, uh, protected activity. So um, 
you can be retaliated against in a number of ways. We, we call it uh, adverse actions. You could be suspended. You could have your hours reduced, which would result in less pay. You could be outright fired. You could be micromanaged. You can be yelled at. Those types of things would be considered retaliation, but only if you are doing something that is lawful that your employer is upset with you um, for doing. Right. Okay. So again, the retaliation, the hostile work environment and harassment are terms that we use all the time, but in the workplace and in a, in a legal definition, it cannot happen unless there is some kind of unlawful thing going on. So if I go to my employer, you know, I go to human resources and I say, listen, this, my coworker, my male coworker, is showing pornography at my at, at his cubicle every day. I've asked him to stop. He hasn't stopped. It is really annoying. I don't want to see that. Can you do something about that? And I make that complaint to human resources. And human resources then turns around and says, okay, Latoya, thank you for your complaint. And then two weeks later, I'm fired. Mm -hmm. Then chances are, and, and there are a lot of things that go into it. I'm not saying just because this happened, it, it would be means for um, a lawsuit, but chances are the reason I'm being fired is because I made a complaint of sexual harassment. And when we see retaliation cases, a lot of things go into it. Timing, of course, mm -hmm. because the longer the action is from the activity, then it's a little harder to show that you're being retaliated against, but it's not, it, it doesn't mean that it's, there's a bar because some employers will wait. Mm -hmm. They will wait until the, what, what they call the perfect opportunity to get rid of you for whatever it is that you did in the past. So if you have complained about discrimination any type of discrimination. If you've complained about the fact that you're um, you're sick or you need to take time off for um, some kind of health treatment and you're fired for that or you're written up for that, then that would be considered retaliation. Retaliation is not, and this is what we see all the time because people get these terms mixed up, this is what it's not. Oh, I had to report my supervisor to her manager, and now she's upset with me for reporting her, and she is micromanaging me, and I got written up the other day, and I've been written up ever since then. Yeah, that's, that's, that might be street retaliation, but that might not be unlawful retaliation unless what you reported to your supervisor's supervisor is something that was unlawful. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Right. So um, let's give uh, an example. Uh, I think one was recent where, you know, you have a company and they trade stocks and they do insider trading and you reported it. And then um, I guess in that case, as a whistleblower, shortly after you're fired because you you told someone else that the company broke the law and then you were fired. And, and the, we have to prove that the company knew that you told someone. Right, yeah, right, right. Right. Yes, that's that's unlawful retaliation. If you um, told someone that the, the company, um, you know, was cheating customers or something like that, that would be unlawful retaliation too because what you're complaining about is something that be, could be considered fraud mm -hmm. and fraud could be considered, you know, illegal. So those are the types of things that would be considered uh, unlawful retaliation. Right. And not, you know what, Carrie Ann, she just always looks like she's mean and has an attitude and I go report it to her manager. And so now she's meaner. That's not, that's not legally defensible retaliation. Right. Um, right. Unless you're mean to that person because it, they're in a protected mean. category because he's not Jamaican, which, you right. know, <laughs> right, 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 right. So, but, but I mean, I mean, all fun and jokes aside, I mean, this is kind of why I guess people aren't sure. So on one side you have people reporting these things and there's not, 
like a, a case that can be litigated. And then you have another side where people don't report it because it just seems murky and unclear. And, you know, typical to West Indian people, I can't bother. But right. I will find a different job. You know, um, and I, I get it, you know, no one yeah. working in the legal industry, no one wants to go through litigation or the exposure that happens. No one wants to deal with that. It's a lot right. of work. It's mental and it's draining. But at the same time, it's almost like we kind of let it go. And this person still, I, I think I read an article that, you know, there are certain people in the workplace that are like workplace bullies and they they succeed because people just say you know what they're just bullies i don't have time and so they leave that job to let someone else deal with them so if everyone is leaving this job because they can't deal with this bully this bully's never kept in check so it's it's like that balance and i and i totally get it like why some people don't bother and then you have real reasons people are like i need this job I yeah. don't have time to to kind of rock the boat. You know, I keep telling, we keep having these conversations that culturally we are we are brought up to go to work, do your job, keep your head down and don't give any problems. Right. And again, if problems come to you, it's, and, and this is kind of where people then turn on the victims. You tend to say, what did I do? You know, like maybe you did something type right. thing. And and that's not necessarily the case. So I'm really glad that you you are shedding light on what these three terms mean from a legal perspective and why we might use them, you know, as part of our everyday language. It's very clear for us that we need to understand what the legal meanings are and how they can be applied. So now that you've explained all these terms and how they're applied, what can we do next? What's what's the next thing if you if you need to know more about harassment, hostile work environment, or retaliation? Okay. So I just wanted, um, before we go into that, I just want to touch on a few things that you uh, just said, especially about with um, West Indians and, and, and their um, approach to dealing with these workplace issues. I, I, I want to say that it's not limited to... Um, West Indian. I've I've been talking with so many different people and seeing so many different things that it is just the nature of needing your job and not wanting to make a fuss Mm -hmm. that causes people to um, shy away from, from, from complaining. And you're right. Litigation is long. Litigation is, um, intrusive it can be a pain it's expensive uh you know so all of those things happen with a lawsuit i would never say to anyone oh you should just file a lawsuit we always give people the opportunity to think about what filing a lawsuit means for their lives if you're able to move on from that job and get another job and 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 be fine that's great but if and if you're someone who says, you know what, yes, I may be able to move on from that job, but I want to show them that it's not okay to do this, then I applaud those people too. Um, you know, I just had a conversation with a, a gentleman and we were talking about whether or not you're a victim or a survivor. And I explained to him, it's not so much about being a victim or being a survivor. The fact that you were able to challenge the status quo and let let the company know that they can't do this to people is important. It might not be important to this to the individual supervisor that you had a problem with, but you know, just the fact that you had the wherewithal to to actually go forward with litigation knowing that litigation is all of those things that we just said, um that is that's courage. Mm-hmm. It is. It's courage. You know, so so we see that all the time. I think what I would say to someone who is experiencing um, any kind of issue on a job that they believe is unlawful, and they're and they're at the point where, look, I don't know what to do. You have to really sit down and weigh your options because if you make a complaint, one of the ch- one of the odds are you might be retaliated for that complaint. It it might happen. Mm -hmm. 
Um, one, one of the things that might happen to you is that the company might not fire you outright, but they might make your um, work environment a living hell until you decide I'm going to quit. You know, that, that's an option. And then you have to think about all of the other things that you have to, to, to consider. If I get fired, who's going to pay my rent? You know, who's going to buy food for the kids? Those types of things all go into play. Uh, if you want to have a discussion about what's happening with your uh, employment situation, you can reach out to an attorney. And I am fully aware that there are some attorneys who will take a lot of money from you for a consultation and then it, it might not go anywhere. Um, but, you know, you would have to do your research in that respect. Or you can visit your employees' um, handbooks mm -hmm. and see what your options are, you know, can I make a complaint to HR? Is it going to human resources? Is there some kind of outside company that deals with uh, those complaints? What happens if I make a complaint? Am I documenting everything that's going on? You know, Susie said this to me on this day, and then she said something to me on that day. I, I, I think what, what you should do if you're experiencing something that you say, hey, something is not right, I think you need to just kind of make sure. So so I would recommend documenting certain things. And I would also recommend if you are going to complain, complain. Mm -hmm. Because what people do, you know, we just talked about this. People are afraid of rocking the boat. So when they complain, they kind of do a little half complaint, mm -hmm. you know, a little semi-protected activity. No, if you're going to complain, that is what we consider um, engaging in protected activity, especially if you're complaining about something unlawful. So you have to go ahead and complain about something unlawful. I think my supervisor is treating me this way because I am black. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to say that. You can't say, well, I don't know what it is. I, you know, I just feel like I'm being treated differently. I just feel like I'm because when you do that stuff, then then. If it does get to the point where you you want to challenge it later on, what the employer is going to say is like, oh, they never complained about um, race discrimination. Oh, she never complained about sex discrimination. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, she just, she just said, uh, you know, that she was feeling singled out and that her boss was yelling and she didn't say why. Right. So if you are going to what we would call, again, engage in protected activity, make sure you engage in protected activity. Don't engage in semi-protected activity because it just makes it harder for you. And and I know that people are concerned about playing the race card, the gender card, and those types of things. Don't play it. Mm -hmm. Don't play it. Be honest with yourself. You know, I had a gentleman call me and, said, and, and say, I'm being singled out, and they fired me. for. And I said, okay, well, what did they fire you for? Uh, for uh, excessive lateness. And then the first question that I asked, I didn't say, oh, well, you know, are you black? Are you white? Are you? I didn't ask his race. Mm -hmm. I said to him, were you late? Oh, yeah, I was late all the time. But, but, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and, 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 you know, if there are other employees that are always late and they weren't fired either, we could get into that. But first, you have to say, okay, look. You broke company policy. Right. You 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 have to say that, that was, that's a good reason for firing you because one of the things that the employer has to do when we, when we file these complaints, the employer has to show that they fired you for a legitimate business reason. Mm -hmm. And Excessive lateness and excessive absenteeism is a legitimate business reason unless, unless you can show that other employees outside of your protected class, again, back to those terms, have been absent, late, not fired, and the only reason I'm fired is because, you know, I told them that I was rec recently diagnosed with cancer and they don't want to deal with me. Right. You know, so so again, you just kind of have to see what's going on. And it's not always the case that you will have this information That's when you go to complain to HR, when you see a lawyer. There is a period in, in, in a lawsuit called discovery and we get more information. So you might not know what your coworkers are earning. You don't know what their their paychecks look like unless you you know Molly on insecure or something. Um, 
But for the most part, you don't know what is happening with other people. You can only know up until a certain extent. You can, you can, what you see is evidence, so to speak. Um, and, and, and we understand that a lot of these things are circumstantial. Uh, so I see Tom out every Friday for the past six weeks and he's not fired. I might not know Tom's situation. I don't know whether or not he has, you know, a medical issue or what. I just know that he's always out. And I ask for one day and I'm written up. Right. You know, so it might come out later on that Tom did have some kind of problem. But again, when I go to my attorney or when I go to HR, I can say to them, this is why I feel like I'm being discriminated against for this reason or for that reason. So um, we covered a lot in this episode. I think the, this is this is really helpful to, to offer some clarity on terms, especially since it's been in the news a lot, to, to make sure that we understand what these terms mean. And like you said, you know, as we wrap up, to go back and look at the company policies, they're probably sitting in your drawer because you got them the first day you, you started right. the job and you stuck them in the drawer. They should be available on the network, available for anyone. Um, the company manual, handbook, policy, and just kind of read what each company has in place. If your company doesn't have a formal policy, what what can people do if there's no formal policy? Right. Um, so I, I just kind of want to throw this out there. When you're looking at your documents, because this is a this is a whole other issue and we can talk about this another time. Uh, just check to see whether or not you sign something saying that if you do have a problem, uh, a unlawful um, issue in the workplace, that it will be handled by uh, arbitration or you would be free to file a lawsuit. Uh, that's something that's been coming up, and it's usually something that we sign when we get all of that paperwork at the beginning of the job, and we just kind of sign everything and date it, and then it's in our uh, files. Yes. Yeah. That's a good point, because first day, you're just kind of, you know what, I'm just tired of signing all these documents, sign, sign, sign. Yeah. And we you don't, don't read it. We don't yeah. read it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, to take a look at the, the policy, find out who it is that you can complain to. Uh, if you need to take a medical leave, who who gets your medical paperwork? If you're having a problem with that, um, who do you write to? Some employers don't have those mechanisms in place, believe it or not. They don't have an outside HR person. So sometimes you're left with complaining to the person that is your boss, yep. you know, the, the person that's doing whatever the unlawful behavior is, is the person that you have to complain to. And I think in a situation like that, then then really you have to go outside because you're not going to be able to say to the boss that has told you, if you do not sleep with me, you will be fired, that <laughs> that is sexual harassment. Obviously, this boss does not care, right. <laughs> and he's, he's giving you an offer. You either refuse or, or you comply, which is no choice at all by any means. You're going to have to go outside with that. You, you can't complain to that person. But if there is a mechanism in place where there is someone outside of, of the supervisor that you can complain to, then see how you can submit that complaint. If it's a voice system where you call in and explain the problem, you know, I, I have some issues with that because, well, where do I get the content of my communication if I need it again later? Mm -hmm. uh, if you if you want to submit a complaint, I usually recommend issuing those complaints in writing uh, <laughs> because it's documented. You'll have a copy of it, you know, and, and they can't deny that they received the complaint that could be problematic too because sometimes when people complain lord they start talking about everything that happened from 19 how long and they put it in a complaint and you're like oh well this person was just complaining about everything it wasn't just about this issue uh so you know you want to be focused on what your issue is unless this is a pervasive issue that's been going on again from 19 how long then you would include it you can cite all of the examples that you've experienced but 
if you want to talk about this coworker that was talking about you and, and, and was listening in on your phone call, listen, all of that kind of workplace gossip and stuff, leave that out for now. Mm-hmm. Unless, it's, unless it's relevant to the complaint, leave that out for now. So that's what I would do. I would just take an assessment of how I'm feeling, why I'm feeling that way, and find examples for myself. Find examples for myself. Do I feel this way because I am upset today? Or is it because, no, I'm upset because it's unfair. This is what has been going on. But you have to keep in mind, unfair doesn't always equal unlawful. That is a fact. All right. We could, and I'm going to end it on that note because we could talk about unfair, not equal law, unlawful another time because we all have, you know, like scary previous employer stories. So thank you for being on the show. I'm sure we're going to have you back. I just want to have con- candid conversations around work because people, there are just so many issues that people are going through and it's, it's always good to kind of maybe a discussion to kind of hear that other people are going through it and maybe what do we do to take our careers to the next level because that's essentially what it is. Are we staying in a place too long that we shouldn't? Right. Well, that's a whole other conversation. I agree with you. And, and, and thank you for having me. I appreciate you taking time out to speak with me about these issues. There were there were some things that I'm not sure that we were able to address, and I'll be happy to provide you with something so you can include it with the with the uh, podcast, um, just so that we could make sure that we have all of the information out there. Some of the definitions that we were talking about today. Absolutely. Any resources that you can provide, I'll include that in the show notes and uh, and give that to everyone. So thank you for being on to talk about this really important topic and um i know i'll be here we'll 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 have some other conversation we have to Um, yes but um if you have any questions i'll make sure i include all the resources that toya mentioned and her contact information and um as we love to say on the show until next time walk good walk good thank you so much (laughs) you're welcome Okay, friends, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Carry On Friends podcast. For a recap of this episode and other great articles, please visit the blog at www.carryonfriends.com. That's C-A-R-R-Y-O-N-F-R-I-E-N-D-S.com. Thank you for tuning in to Carry On Friends. Before I go, remember, Caribbean Legal Solutions connects you with experienced and vetted attorneys across the Caribbean, ensuring that you or your family or friend find reliable help back home to deal with land issues, wills, and probate matters. Their network spans Jamaica, Trinidad, Guyana, Grenada, Dominica, Barbados, St. Vincent, and more. Visit CaribbeanLegalSolutions.com and give them a call today. This ad contains general information about Caribbean Legal Solutions and is not intended to be legal advice. As always, consult with a qualified attorney for legal advice specific to your situation.